Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Last two weeks, we've been talking about the truth. And we've discussed the truth in several different ways, but we uh, identified that the truth is God's view on any subject or on every subject, and that the absolute standard is how we measure reality. That's God's truth. We've identified how to learn of, live in, and lead the truth in our lives. We've learned how to operate in spirit and truth. This was last week. And we learned what God's unchangeable truths are for you. And so if you missed those, you can go find those on social media. If you missed any of these messages, they are meaningful. They're going to impact your life if you allow them to. And so I would challenge you to go back and get caught up at least in the last three weeks as we've been talking about the truth. And so today we're talking about the truth in love. And our anchor scripture is 1 John 3.18. And it says, we must stop expressing love toward others with only words. We must love others in truth, which shows itself in action. If you're a note taker, or a Bible reader, or a highlighter, uh, today's a, uh, your lucky day. Today's a good day for you. We're going to connect a lot of scripture to this. And so the New Living Translation, uh, in 1 John three eighteen, the New Living Translation says, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let us show truth by our actions, because love is an action. Love is an action. Truth is an action. Truth is not something we talked about that sits on the shelf over there, Truth is God's view on anything. It's how we measure reality. Truth is real. Truth is an action. Truth is living and it's walking every single day in some, <laughs> more in some than it is in others, but it is alive. The truth is alive, especially to those of us who call Jesus Christ King or Lord of our life, right? Our Savior. And so then when we love in truth, here's what you see. And this is a little bit from last week. When we love in truth, routines and rituals and rules and traditions have to take second place to who we are. They have to take second place to who God's called us to be because love is an action and truth is an action. And so you see, uh, if you remember what I read in John 15, and I'm just going to reiterate that it's verse 10 through 12. If you're writing this down, these scriptures will all connect. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. 11. I have spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full, full. Man, that's what communion brings us, by the way, is life abundantly, that your joy may be full, that it may overflow. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We operate in love because we're connected to the Father's love. It's the only way because apart from me, you can do nothing is what John 15, seven, or is what John 15 says, right? And so we discovered um, when we started this series or this season really of regrouping, we discovered this. This was seven weeks ago and we found this in John 13 in verse 34 and 35. And what he says is, I give you a new command. I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. Man, he's really knocking it home. Verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples because you have love for one another. By this, 
all people know you're my disciples because you have love for one another. That reminded me. So then when you go back to um, the scripture in 1 John, it says, spoken remain. It says, by this, people will know that you are my disciples. By this, people will know that you are my disciples. And so then you get it in John, you get it in John 5. We see the new commandment, right? And then you come to um, John 13, 34 and 35, and we get the new command. There's a lot of commands that we're trying to keep up with right now, right? But there really aren't. And that's what I want you to say. This is not a book of rules. This is not a book of rules. It's, it's, it's not a book of, oh man, there's another one. I better write that. No, he said this and there's this. No, even though in John 13, 34, he says, I give you a new command. It's really the first command. And he says, love one another just as I have loved you. Just as I love you, you must love one another. So he, he, he reiterates exactly what he said. By this, all people know you're my disciples. It's the same thing that we read in John 15. Love is an action. Love is an action. It's not a tradition. It's not a routine. So if we're going to love in truth, to have truth in love, then we have to understand that love is an action, that truth is an action, tradition might be an action, and routine might be action, but it's really just rote religion, okay? And so then, living in the truth, living the truth in love really begins with our anchor scripture at Redefined Church. This is what it means to be the church, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. These are the commands that Jesus is talking about that he has to keep reintroducing. And he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I say this like this, love God with everything you have, heart, soul, mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second most important is similar. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. For all the commandments, this is verse 40, and we normally leave this off, okay? But this is huge today. Today, if we have a second point of emphasis, it's going to be verse 40, 22 verse 40 if you're taking notes. All of the other commands and demands of the prophet stem from these two laws. So you have command and law there, and they are fulfilled, and all the other commandments are fulfilled if you only obey these two. It says, keep only these, and you'll find that you're obeying all the others. So wait a second, Dusty. So there's not a big list. There's not a ton of rules. Like this is this is really easier and simpler. Yes, yes, it is. And so then. What I want you to see in the four scriptures that I just referenced is this. In these scriptures, we see no rules. We see no rituals. We see no routines. We see no traditions. We see no law. We see no law. Love the Lord your God. It's a command. Love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbors yourself. If you do only two things, you'll find that everything else takes care of itself. In these scriptures, they have nothing to do with a preacher, a priest, a rector, a father, a chaplain, a minister, a reverend, a shepherd, or a pastor. They have to do with you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It has to do with you, and it has to do with me. These scriptures do not give us an instruction to go see somebody so they can do something for us or so we can do something for them. It's not a job that we have to do. These scriptures don't give us instruction to go do something. 
what it is saying is love God with everything you have and love your neighbors yourself. Truth in love. Truth in love. So what am I saying? We've clearly gotten away from that, right? Well, isn't that our why as believers, as Christians, as people who call on who call on Christ? Isn't that our why? So it's fair to say we've lost our why because when we look, we see that um, rules, rituals, routines, traditions, law, and then we we if, if it doesn't go there, we have to put it on somebody. Somebody has to carry this for me. And God says, no, I don't want you to carry anything anyways. I'm going to show you that later. I don't want you to carry anything anyways. I just want you to be in relationship with me. And if you're in relationship with me, I'll handle everything else. I'll handle everything else. And so then these scriptures give us a clear, simple truth. It's a very clear, very simple truth. This is as simple as it can be. But the problem is over time, over time, we've kind of twisted it or we've repackaged it and we've sold it as tradition. We've sold it as a do, right? Well, you just need to do this. And if you'll do this, that'll keep you right. If you'll do this, that'll keep you right. And there are a lot of great things that we do as Christians. I'm not bad-mouthing any of those things. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is we can get so lost in tradition, we can get so lost in routine, that it becomes about the routine, and we take our eyes off Jesus. We take our eyes off Jesus, just like Peter on the water. Everything was good in the storm as long as he was looking at Jesus. As soon as he, as soon as he dropped his eyes off Jesus, that's when his world collapsed, Right? And so then if in, if in your, you know, I have a morning routine that I have, but it's based on a relationship, it's engagement, right? And so then over time, over time, this is these, these commandments have been packaged, repackaged and turned and, and, and not sold in a literal sense, but sold as tradition, routine, ritual, right? And so we get stuck in that. We get stuck in that. Tradition is not bad, by the way. I love tradition. There are so many great traditions in our country, right? And to help me kind of illustrate the point, I'm going to give you two quotes on tradition. And uh, if you want to know who these quotes are by, I'm not going to. They're both former presidents, and I'm not even going to jump into that trash right now. Okay, and so then uh, here's what they say. One, sometimes tradition and habit are just that. Comfortable excuses to leave things be, even when they are unjust and unworthy. Okay, that's number one. Number two, really old president. Moral teaching is the thing we need most in the world. If we would only give our time to it and to, re- and to search for the rock bottom truth, instead of wasting it upon expounding theories of theology, which are not in the first place firmly based. What we need is to teach fundamental truth, not reiterating traditions born in days when men knew less than we know right now. And that's from a long time ago. What am I saying with these scriptures and these two quotes? I'm putting this on the screen. Valuing tradition puts the value on the past with a God who was. Which eliminates your vision and your hope for a future with a God who is. Valuing tradition puts the value on the past with a God who was. That's not the God we serve. 
which eliminates your vision and hope for the future with a God or the God, the God who is. And so then, what am I saying? I'm saying Hebrews 13, 8 through 9. I'm saying Hebrews 13, 8 through 9. And Hebrews 13, 8 through 9 says, Jesus Christ is the same yes, yesterday, today, and forever. Love verse 9. So thankful for this one. So do not be attracted by strange or new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules which don't help those who follow them. Jesus Christ, the same. He's not a God who was. He's the God who is and is to come, right? And so then that's Hebrews 13, 8 through 9. What we need to see in all this is there are lots of reasons that uh, we go to church that have been lost. Some traditions and some routines, some rituals that have stood since the, since the start of time have been broken because of COVID, right? A lot of churches are still trying to get back into that groove, into that routine, or back to their Sunday tradition. But for six months now, it's been opposite. And our worlds have been upside down. And for the majority of us watching today, uh, I'm preaching to the choir. But if I were to say, how are you? You'd say, I got a pulse. I'm alive. I'm okay. I want to tell you, you're better than that, though. You're aware, right? You're awake and you're aware. And hopefully this message, even though some of this might be tough, opens your eyes and reveals some things to you that, one, God wants to do in your life, but also there's an action step for you in this, that you would move forward in your faith, that you would have greater faith in God and the God who is, and that you would take a step in your relationship with God today and get back to that first love we talked about two weeks ago. And so then, you're okay. Here's the thing. When we get when we start talking about the church, the capital C church, the capital C church has gotten very complex. And we've put the burden on people to make a what happened every Sunday. To make a what happened every Sunday. I was talking to a pastor from Texas earlier this week. And I told him that I put a poll together and I asked people, and only 7% of people that answered the question, uh, what do you miss most about church? Only 7% of the people missed the message. Only 7%. So if you're watching today, thank you. <laughs> thank you. This is how the gospel gets out. This is how the gospel goes forward. But in realizing that only 7% of the people missed the message, that's what most churches are building their church around. They're building their church for the message, right? And so it's not, it's not discipleship. And, and all of the things that we should be doing or could be doing to help serve people, reach people, and love people. It is about that, that block. And so then, what I hope that you see is what we've made the Sunday gathering about. We've put the burden on people to make a what happened instead of gathering and expecting a who to show up. Instead of it being about Jesus, it's became about us and our comfort level and how good we feel. And listen, it's great to be comfortable in church, and it's great to feel good in church, but that's not the reason. That's not the reason. 
So then what's the solution? The solution is this. We must realize that the first three scriptures that I share with you, four scriptures, 1 John 3.18, if you're taking notes, you can write these down. 1 John 3.18, John 15, 10 through 12, John 13, 34 and 35, and Matthew 22, 37 and 39. All of these scriptures echo the greatest commandments that were ever given to us. And with them, we have a promise from Jesus. He says, if we only love God with everything we have and love our neighbor like we love ourselves, everything else will take care of itself. What these commands have to do with is you and me and each of us individually, personally. It's not rules, ritual, tradition. It's not law. It's just action. The truth in love. No rules, rituals, traditions, laws, just action. The truth in love. And so the action steps are very simple. Love God. What do you mean? Seek Him, trust Him, obey Him. Depending on how you define those three words, that can mean your world's coming to an end and your life is, your life is fixed to be flipped upside down because I just said trust, seek, and obey. But don't we all like it when our kids obey? Love it when my kids obey. I don't have to say something twice or 78 times, right? Obedience to God, what you see in these, in these commandments is this. Obedience to God is living out what it means to be the body. Obedience to God, love, seeking, trusting, and obeying means living in a relationship with Him. It's one person at a time. It's one person at a time. That's how we become the body. And so the body of believers is only as strong as its weakest link. This is an old coaching term, but it's so true. And if we are only as strong as our weakest link, then your relationship means everything. Your relationship with God means everything. Your relationship with God means everything to Him. It means everything to you. And because you're a part of the body, it means everything to me. It means everything to me. And I want to help you as much as I possibly can. Not because I don't want you to be the weakest link. Because I want you to be a better follower. I want you to be and have a deeper relationship with God. Because without it, disconnected from God, without God, we are nothing. And when you're nothing without being connected to God, we are weaker as a body. But when you get better, we get better. I say this to 46 uh, ninth graders on a regular basis. When you get better, we get better. It works for adults too. This works in my house. You know how I live? When I get better, my house gets better. When I become a better follower of Jesus, when I become a better husband, when I become a better father, this whole house gets better because it's, it is generational, right? And so then when you get stronger, we get stronger. When you go deeper, we go deeper. It's the body measured in strength. The strength of the group is the strength of the individual. When you get better, we get better. How do you get better? Love God. It's a two-way street. Love God with everything you have. It's agape love. We've talked that before. Two, accept his love for you. Accept his love for you. This is where we get caught up. So we move fast. Accept his love for you. No pretending. 
No pretending, oh yeah, yeah, I know God loves me. I do. But, but he could not love this about me. Yes, he does. Well, he would never, ever love this. He does. He does. Okay? Love others like you love you. Number three, love others like you love you. Problem. If you don't know how to love you, you'll never know how to love or treat someone else. So if you don't want to say love there, you'll never know how to treat someone else. So if you're constantly judging yourself, bad news, you're judging others. You just are. You might not vocalize it like you vocalize it to yourself or in your head, but you are. And so then how, does, how do you fix that? Accept his love for you, right? Here's where we miss as believers. We miss accepting his love for us. Life goes too fast. We try to run and live at the pace of our cell phone, near impossible, okay? Too much to do, not enough time, and so we treat our relationship with God the same way, right? It's a to-do. It's a to-do. I talk to several people who say, hey, man, how's the weekend? Well, got to go do this. Get that out of the way. Got to go. Hey, but once, I, but once we go, it's done. And it's like, <laughs> wait Wait a second, there's no, in, in, my, in my opinion, right? That's not engagement. That's not relationship. And so to do it to say we did, so it's out of the way, where you can be glad that it's out of the way, means it's heavy, means it's a burden. Means it's a burden. And you must accept. So then if I take those three points, love God, accept his love for you, and love others like you love you, here's what it would read. But you must accept his love for you so you can love you. And then you can love others like you love you because you love you. And so it's real easy to say, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as you love yourself and yell at the top of your lungs to love your neighbor and whisper, love myself. And I grew up like that, so I can relate to every one of you who, uh, who think, man, it was prideful, it was arrogant, it was selfish to love myself. How dare you focus on yourself? Don't you know you exist for everybody else? And the fact of the matter is, no. It's Acts 20, 28, what Paul says, take heed to yourself and then to the flock. So then you have, you have, I hate to say work to do, but you have some reflection and some digging to do because... Because you must accept his love for you so you can love you. And then you can love others like you love you because you love you. Truth and love starts with your personal relationship with God. It starts with getting connected, reacquainted, or reestablished. Jesus reestablished our relationship with the Father. It was a broken relationship until Jesus came. And because Jesus came, we just celebrated communion this morning. Because Jesus came, we have that relationship. And it's free, and it's open to anybody who's willing to accept and receive. Okay? Here's why. Because when we're obedient to love God and genuinely love others like we love ourselves, back to 1 John 3.18, and not merely say that we love each other, but show that love with truth by our actions, what happens is God reveals that we are being obedient to all the other commands blinders are taken off because it's genuine. Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbors yourself. And until we understand that, we're going to continue chasing routines and following traditions and rules 
and saying we're busy and failing to see that we're busy with the wrong things because what God has done for us is he's made it really easy, really easy and very simple. And right here, if we were meeting, I would say, how easy and how simple, right? If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew 11. This is 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is light. The burden of, well, I got to go to this and get it out of the way, that's heavy. The burden of rituals and traditions and rules is exhausting. The burden of doing is exhausting. It's too heavy to carry. To remember all the things that you have to do is too heavy to carry. And the reality is, is you were never meant to carry all that anyways. God didn't leave this inspired word, living word for you to go, I've got to memorize all that. And if I get one thing wrong, man, I hope lightning doesn't strike. What do you see in the four scriptures? Connect to me. Love me. Love others as you love yourself. If you'll do this, everything else takes care of itself. Jesus says in Matthew 28 through 30, 11, 20 30, he says, stop. Stop. Do not carry any of that anymore. Don't carry that law. Don't carry that. You want to carry a law? Carry the law of love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, take my yoke, learn from me. Learn what? Learn what? How to love him, how to love you, and how to love others. What do you mean? How to be like Jesus. Isn't that what he's saying? Just, just take my yoke and learn from me. Learn from me. Watch my example. What's the example we follow? Jesus. Watch my example. He says, if you do this, you'll find rest for your soul. Oh, man. It's the best kind, right? Those aren't sleepless nights, okay? If you do this, you find rest for your soul. He says there is no burden to carry. You don't have to follow through with man-made rules or religion anymore. He says, take my yoke. Here's the, here's the other kind of the stumbling block that we run into. A yoke suggests work. It suggests work. <sighs> Think of oxen yoked together, just stinking trudging right? And what I want you to see is I want you to see the yoke as, as the instrument for discipline. Okay. The yoke is a powerful guide for your thoughts and your actions. That's what the yoke is. Taking the yoke of Jesus allows us, allows you rather to see things through his eyes. The Holy Spirit reveals things to you. The yoke of Jesus is all about heart and mind. The yoke of Jesus is about heart and mind. It helps shape you into his image. It's it, The yoke is not to put your nose to the plow. It's not to go through routine. It's not to continue a tradition. It's not to continue a what. It's to live in a who. The yoke of Jesus, this is a huge point. The yoke of Jesus is never forced on you. 
This has never been forced on you. And if it has, I'm sorry. Not how it was intended to be. Just not. It's intended to be just like this, light and easy to carry. That's it. And so if somebody told you something that you believe is true, you have to search yourself. Go back to exactly what that is and find it. And what you're going to find in it is truth in love. It's what God wants for you, not from you, not from you. And so the yoke of Jesus is never forced on you. Each of us, each of us must make the decision to take it. Take my yoke. He says, my burden is light. When he says my burden is light, what is he saying? We have to understand the two things he says before this. They're both your choice. Take my yoke and learn from me. Take my yoke. We talked about it. Learn from me. Listen to understand. Watch and use my example. His burden is light means when you seek him, when you seek God, the vertical, I was making a cross here. This is my imaginary drawing skills. When you seek him, the vertical, it says, I will take care of the horizontal. When this is right, everything else takes care of itself. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will take care of themselves. All these things will be added to you. Your relationship with God is all that matters. Your relationship with God is all that matters. I could say that for the rest of our time. Your relationship with God is all that matters. Stay connected to the source. Because apart from the source, life is a grizzly bear. Because apart from me, you can do nothing is what it says. And nothing in the real world of quarantine or COVID-19 or 2018, okay? Disconnected from the source means you can do nothing. It means it's an uphill battle with heavy feet, okay? Love God, accept his love, love others. Love is an action. Point it today, truth always overcomes tradition. That's, that's, that's love right there. That's real love. A lot of people will let you just keep on burning daylight and, and, and going through the motions and wasting time and doing that because it makes you feel good. Well, just because it makes you feel good doesn't mean that it makes an impact. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're busy on the right things, right? And so then truth, truth, truth always overcomes tradition. When you love in truth, your actions, this is good stuff. When you love in truth, your actions match your words. People see Jesus in who you are. You're living out 1 Timothy 4.12, right? You're living as an example in word and deed. Your words match your actions. Why? You chose to take the yoke to learn and to live like Jesus. That's biblical obedience. That's biblical leadership. That is living the truth in love. And more than anything, it is the simple gospel. It's the simple gospel. And that's all you need. What do we need? 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus. Who do we follow? Jesus. What about this topic? Jesus. It's the truth. You want to know what Jesus says about that topic that you're concerned about? Seek, trust, obey. Everything that we're going through right now, everything that you're going through is here. And it's not a rule book. It's a guide. It's meant to help you. It's alive. It'll read differently tomorrow than it will today. So you better read it today, right? And so then in all of this, knowing this is biblical obedience, love plus trust plus action. Love is an action. Truth is an action. It's biblical leadership. It's living the truth. It is living in the simple gospel. In John 15, 10 through 12, verse 11 says, I spoke these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full, that you may rejoice, rejoice in the simple gospel that the burden you have to carry is your relationship with Jesus. And if we do that, if you stay connected to the source, it's John 15, everything else, everything else will take care of itself. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.